0: Hey hey! Welcome back to So I Got Divorced. My name is Beth and I have to tell you all about Hamilton. Okay, so like I said last week, I was going to see Hamilton and I did that last Thursday and it was incredible. First of all, it was such an amazing like surreal experience to just be there in this like beautiful old theater and... I just it's like a dream come true honestly like it was something that i had wanted to do years ago but tickets were so incredibly expensive so i just consider myself very lucky that i got to see this show live in person and it just made me fall in love even more with hamilton in general and i will continue listening to the soundtrack as much as I can. I just love it so much. So, if you're a Hamilton fan, I think you might be able to relate. And, yeah. Let's chat about Hamilton. I just... Just incredible. Music is amazing. I can't believe the talent that it takes to write a musical. That's... The whole thing is basically one long song. (laughs) It just it's amazing. Who knew that history could be so exciting? All right, this week I want to talk about something that has been really helpful for me and that is mindfulness. And after I got divorced, I was in this place of, you know, being in my own home, a different home. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be this new person and I'm going to try to meditate and, you know, figure out my life and it's going to be great. But at that point in my life, meditation wasn't a thing that worked for me. Um, I really tried. I think I needed to be maybe in a meditation practice where someone else could sort of help guide me through the process, but it just wasn't a thing that I could do. I couldn't sit still. I couldn't be alone with my thoughts. I couldn't really get into the meditation. I didn't really get it. But something that did really work for me that was helpful even now is that I was able to practice mindfulness. So mindfulness is something that I started hearing about a few years ago. It started showing up in the higher education space. So it became this tool for faculty to incorporate into their classes where they start their class with a mindfulness exercise. You know, everyone is so stressed and like worn thin. And just as a way to get students to really tune into their own needs and to sort of settle into that space and like, Just come into class and be open and like calm and just understanding like where your body was. And so that's where I started learning about mindfulness. And then I was at a conference, a higher education conference or an e learning conference. And one of the workshops that I went to was around mindfulness. And the person that was leading that workshop talked about how she incorporated mindfulness into her everyday life and something she did pretty much every day was that she made coffee and so she had her mindful practice around coffee and that always stuck with me as something like oh i make coffee pretty much every day so why don't i do that and let me just tell you like mindfulness is something that is very forgiving like that's why i like it because when you start to like tune into what's happening your mind like in your body your mind starts to wander off and you know with mindfulness you're just sort of you know guiding your thoughts back to like what's happening in your body and there are of course like guided mindfulness practices you can do but I love doing my mindful practice around something that I do every day, and for me, that is making coffee. So today, I want to share with you what my mindfulness practice looks like, and I'm going to do that around making coffee, and normally, I'm at the office, and I love having my mindfulness practice be at the office, so I come into my office, and I normally... Before I get like started with work, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to need some coffee. So I I get my coffee. And when I talk about my mindfulness practice, I like to incorporate all of my senses. And so that's how I really sort of walk myself through this process. Okay. So for this mindfulness practice, I use Keurig. Keurig pods. And so I go to my stash of Keurig pods and I grab one and I have it here. It's from Costco. It has a yellow label on the top. It's a medium roast. And I just sort of, you know, use my sense of touch and I like to squeeze the sides of the pod and they're kind of squishy. And I have the the foil on the top and it's crinkly, it makes a noise whenever i press on it. and so i can just feel like the weight of it and i make my my way over to the keurig machine and i can just like notice how it's like feeling in my hands and like when i press on the top of the lid what that feels like. i notice the weight of my coffee mug in my other hand and i arrive at the keurig machine and I press the button and I can hear it powering up. So I really tune into like the sound. It gets really noisy and loud. And then all of a sudden I'll notice that the light has gone on and I can, you know, the water's heated up and I can add my pod. So I grab my pod, put it into the machine press the handle down and I hear this like crunching clicking noise and I press the button for the amount of water that I want and I start listening to what's happening in this process so the water is heating up more and it's getting ready to go through the pod so it's normally noisy and then all of a sudden there'll be this like quietness and then a little rush of water as it comes out of the pod and it sort of like drips through a little bit and then there'll be like more of a steady stream and so i can see visually i'm noticing the couple of drops that start to fall out of the keurig and they're sort of light brown colored and then as more water pours through it, it gets darker and darker, and I see the steady stream of coffee coming out, and when it hits the mug, it sort of makes little splashes around the mug, and I'm just noticing it like filling up, filling up the mug. And this is the part that I really like, where I start to be able to smell the coffee. And so, you know, it's a little bit harder because I've had a mask on at work, but eventually, there'll come a point where I can start to smell the coffee. and it smells... strong? but not too strong. it smells familiar, and it smells acidic? And so I start to just notice like that smell. And then, you know, I'm still watching the coffee fill up. I'm still hearing the water come through the pod and eventually there will be no more water that comes through. So that's a signal to me that that process is over. So I lift the handle and I notice how hot the pod is now and i carefully if i if i'm lucky these days i have i've brought my um fancy fancy creamer from home and so i add that to my coffee which i i really love but it's dangerous because then i tend to want to have more than one cup of coffee but i add creamer and then finally i get to my favorite part which is just tasting the coffee so i take a little sip and i notice the temperature of the coffee is incredibly hot, so I have to be careful. But as it cools down a little bit, I notice the, the sweetness of the cream and the coolness that it's brought to the coffee. And I also notice the acidity of the coffee and just how it like makes me feel like calm, which is kind of ironic because it's, you know, caffeine but it makes me calm because it's so familiar it's part of my ritual it's my caffeine of the day and i you know i that's pretty much all of my that mindfulness practice because normally by that time i've made it back to my desk and i'm settling in to get ready for work so I think essentially for me, what this mindfulness practice does is it really gets me centered on, you know, for work purposes, it gets me centered on what it is that I'm, I'm focusing on. So I'm re- being very mindful about this process. I'm using my senses and it allows me to be really present in the moment. And I think after I got divorced, that was something that I really needed. And I'm not saying that I was always present, you know, because of mindfulness, but I, I began to notice when I wasn't present and that is truly because of mindfulness. So in doing the mindfulness practice, you're really picking up on like what's going on in your body, like using your senses. And as you start to do this more, it becomes more... Apparent about what is actually happening in your body in moments where you're not purposely practicing mindfulness so in doing this mindfulness practice over making my coffee I was able to notice oh Hey, you're still thinking about that thing that happened the other day. You can't stop thinking about it It's ruminating in your mind. Is this helpful? or Hey that feeling in your stomach? I think that's anxiety. You're really worried about whatever, X, Y, Z. Or, hey, um, I'm sort of noticing that I don't feel good when this happens. Like, what's really going on here? Do I need to implement a boundary? Or like, what do I need to do? So mindfulness has really given me a, a really crucial step into figuring out what's happening in my body or even like, hey, I don't really like your stomach, doesn't really want that other cup of coffee. You need to stop now. And I think our bodies are so incredibly smart and attuned to what it is we need. And it's, they're, our bodies are giving us so many clues about what's happening. And, it's really up to us to sort of come back to that and figure it out because we have so much information about ourselves that's readily available. We just need to tune into it. And mindfulness was a way that I could do that. And honestly, it it changed my life to some degree because I was able to, like I said, like figure out how I was feeling and it's given me a lot of clues about like what it is that I need and that was something that I was never taught about I I was never taught to oh like tune into your body what's your body need or like how's your body feeling I had no freaking clue no idea so mindfulness is something that is has just yeah like changed my life it's given me the ability to see myself in a different light and be able to figure out what it is that I really need. Like the other day, I was just like at home with my son, and I was like, I could feel myself like I was I was gonna get to a point where I was maybe gonna like lose it. <laughs> but instead I was like, I think I just need a hug right now. I'm like tired and I think I was getting sick. And so I just asked my son, I was like, Hey, can I have a hug? And It was actually like what I needed in the moment and I was like okay I feel better now and so that is a direct result of mindfulness and being in tune with my body and like what's going on and let me tell you that especially when I was going through my divorce this is the practice that I needed I don't think I really started it until after I was like truly divorced but it was so helpful And so I hope that you're able to incorporate mindfulness into your daily practice if that's something that you want to do. You know what? I think the hardest thing for me was really just remembering to be mindful when I was making my coffee because I'm just on autopilot for, you know, a lot of the day. But I think once you can start to tune into something that you're doing every day, whether it's coffee or brushing your teeth or eating your dinner or you know whatever it doesn't have to be a thing that you're doing for like 10 minutes it can just be something like quick i don't know you're supposed to brush your teeth for 2 minutes so it could be as short as 2 minutes or even less so anyway good luck with mindfulness it's honestly changed my life i hope you are having a great friday i hope you have a great weekend I just want to remind you that you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. I will see you next week.